there's a balm in Gilead that heals the sin-sick soul. Thank you, ladies, for that beautiful uh, rendition of that this morning and just reminding us of that great balm that soothes our hearts and heals our souls. Thank you for being here today. We're glad that you're worshiping with us here at Forks, and uh, if you're visiting with us, we especially welcome you and pray that you feel God's presence as we all worship him in spirit and in truth. We welcome those who are joining us by live stream and by Facebook Live, and we uh, pray the same for you, that you feel God's presence as we worship him and as we lift our voices in praise to him today. I would ask that you go ahead and stand and just kind of wave at those around you and let them know you're glad they're worshiping with them today. Would you do that?
continue to join us as we worship and as our worship team leads us this morning. chose me has always been a mystery all my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line when all the other not quite all the never get it right but it turns out to the ones you were looking for all this time I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody chosen and you change the world the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose so when I hear that devil start talking to me saying who do you think you are well, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul ever since you rescued me you gave my heart a song I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Let me go down, down, down in history. There's another blood-bought, faithful member of the family. And if they all forget my name, well, that's fine. Spoke the earth into motion 
my soul now to stand. You stood before my failure and carried the cross for my shame. My sin weighed upon your shoulders, my soul now to stand. may be seated. We are so thankful that you're here to worship the Lord today. I often say you could be many other places doing many other things, but thank you 
for taking the time to come into God's house to worship him. And we pray that you might feel his presence, his Holy Spirit, not only in this place, but wherever you are worshiping today. We welcome those of you watching on live stream and Facebook Live. And we pray that wherever you are, you might know God promises to be with us. And every week, there's an opportunity for us to pray together. And I'm going to invite you to make wherever you are your altar of prayer to God. You can pray in your seat or you can stand. You can pray in your family room or um, it's possible. You might be watching this service from a deer stand or a blind right now. And uh, if that's the case, know that God is with you and with us. And at this time, I'm going to invite you to go to the Lord in prayer with me. God, we are humbly grateful that we can worship. Father, it's so important for followers of Christ to worship our living God. And Father, thank you that we can worship you in this beautiful place. Thank you that we have technology which allows folks to worship from many different places, from many different states. No, God, we just thank you and give you all glory for your faithfulness to us. And Lord, today my prayer is that you would just bring newness of life into each of us. God, we're going through a tiring season. It's been physically, emotionally, mentally, in some cases, spiritually draining through these last several months. Father, it would be easy for us to throw in the towel. It would be easy to, to give up on seeing the positive through all of the negative today. But Lord, we pray that you would just open our hearts, open our minds, open our spiritual eyes, that we might see Jesus in a fresh new way. No, God, my prayer has been that you would bring fresh wind and fresh fire into my heart and into the heart of this church. Lord, I pray that we might put aside any sin, put aside any ill thought, put aside any impure thought, and Lord, that our hearts would be right with you and that our hearts would be pure because you tell us in your word, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And Lord, we want to see you this morning and we want to worship you in a special way. And Father, we just pray for so many on our prayer list. We have folks battling so many different types of illnesses, folks that are battling COVID, folks, God, that are grieving and hurting. Father, we need your divine touch. And Lord, we pray for healing in our land, both from this virus and from the division. Lord, bring unity and peace and healing and turn our nation back to you because you're our only hope. And Father, we pray for all of our leaders, pray for all of our churches. We pray, God, that 
spiritual renewal and awakening would break loose. So forgive me or forgive us of anything that would hinder your spirit from flowing freely today. Father, I just thank you again for this church. This is a special place. And your hand has been upon us for so many years. Lord, we beg you and plead you that your hand would remain upon this church. And Father, that you would begin to bring newness of life and, and spiritual awakening during this crisis. And Father, we'll just thank you for the victories we're trusting you to bring. Help us, O oh God. And I pray now your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the music and the musicians and speak through your word and your servant and speak to each of our hearts, Lord. If there are folks who don't know you personally as their Lord and Savior today, that today would be the day of salvation for many. Father, we'll give you all the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring and the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Psalm chapter 34? Psalm chapter 34, and we'll be reading three verses. And after the reading of God's Word, would you be in prayer for our choir as they come to lead? Begin with verse 12. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you all for leading us. What a great message for us to hear that we can have peace like a river and joy like a fountain in our soul when we know Christ, who is our peace. But thank you so much for being here. You know, every, every day I, I have a dear friend from this church that begins my day with a, a text of encouragement. And there's some encouraging words as well as some funny words or cartoons or comics this past week. He sent me a comic, and it had two women on horses. They were on horseback, and one of the ladies said to the other, uh, I got this horse for my husband, and the other responded, sounds like a good trade to me. I got this horse for my husband. You know, I was coming to church this morning, and a car going really fast on 421 passed me, and I looked over. Hard to believe there was a lamb driving the car in a bathing suit. A lamb wearing a bathing suit. And I figured it must have been a, a lamb bikini that went flying by. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You know what? Medicine is good. Laughter is good medicine. And so please, when you leave here, find something that will make you laugh because it is... It is good medicine. This past week, I had the honor and the uh, privilege to preach one of our faithful members' funerals. It was Jim Chilton. And I have to tell you, it was an honor as I talked about how Jim had a great love for his wife, Jane, married over 50 years. Talked about how he loved his children how he loved his grandchildren, talked about how he loved UK sports, basketball and football, talked about how he loved his country serving in the United States Navy, talked about how he loved his state serving as a state trooper for many, many years and retiring as a state trooper, talked about how he loved this church you know, I had the joy of going to see Jim at his home two weeks ago, and it was a good day for Jim. Uh, he had not had so many good days, but on this particular day, it was a good day. Jim reminded me how much he missed all of you and how he missed being at this church. Jim also went on to say how much he loved this church. He asked about how my mom and dad were doing, and he shared that he loved me, and I was humbled by that, that he was so open about sharing his heart during this very difficult time. But you know what Jim said? He goes, I hope to get better soon so I can get back to church. Jim wanted to get well so he could come back to church. Jim wanted to live, but unfortunately, his body wore out. But more than anything, Jim loved his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His family wanted that to be known, that he loved Jesus more than anything or anybody else. So I have to tell you, I was humbled and honored to be able to preach this faithful Christian's funeral. Because really, he preached his own funeral by the way he lived his life. 
And so it sure made my job easier. But Jim wanted to live. In our scripture today, we read a psalm in which we see David, who also wanted to live. David, the psalmist, was writing this psalm as a psalm of praise, thanking God for answering his prayer of deliverance when he was being pursued and his life being threatened by Israel's king Saul. And if you want to read back, you can read about this story in 1 Samuel chapters 21 and 22. But he was being pursued by Saul with his life being threatened. David was on the run, and so he fled to the Philistines. And he was hiding out there until they realized who he was. And then he had to pretend to be insane as he was in front of Philistine king Abimelech, and he pretended to be insane. Now, why did David flee from Saul? Because he wanted to live. Why did he pretend to be insane? Because he wanted to live. And maybe you're here today, and you feel as though you're being hunted or you're being pursued. Maybe you feel that you're being pursued by a plaguing sin that keeps popping up in your life. Maybe you feel like you're being pursued by guilt. Maybe you feel that you're being pursued by an addiction. You're being pursued by depression. You're being pursued by loneliness. This was one of the most lonely times, the loneliest times of David's life. Can I get a witness? Have you been lonely during this season? I think we all, to some extent, have experienced some loneliness and, if not, some depression during this crisis that we've been going through. But maybe you're here and you feel as though you're being pursued by this virus. You're trying to get away from it. But it seems like it's, it's in hot pursuit. And we don't have to pretend to be insane because this craziness is driving us crazy. And maybe you're here today and you're like, I just don't know what to do and, and when is this ever going to be over? And I'm so over it, but it's not over and it keeps, keeps on keeping on. But God led me to this passage. And I have to tell you, I was struggling this week, just struggling with the direction God wanted me to go. And, and I always feel like God gives me a message not only for you, but it's as much for me as well. And so I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. And I really appreciated one of my brothers in Christ uh, echoing his uh, sentiments that God had confirmed uh, the messages recently to him as well. And I said, I'm grateful to hear that God is speaking to people even during this season and crisis that we're in. But David, in these verses, gives some words of encouragement, some words of hope, some words of refuge. And I pray that they would speak to you just as David wanted to live. I pray that you too would want to live and to live for Christ. He said in verse 12 of Psalm 34, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, whoever of you loves life, life, and desires to see many good days. 
We want to see some good days, don't we? David had seen some good days in his life. Remember David, the shepherd boy, out tending the sheep? And, and remember when he was called upon to go stand before Philistine giant Goliath? And with five smooth stones and his slingshot, he brought the giant down. And he said, the battle belongs to the Lord. And he gave glory to God for bringing that victory. We know that David had many good days later in his life, but we also know that he had many bad days. And this was a season when this passage was written when it had been a tough season because King Saul, out of jealousy, was pursuing David to kill him because he was threatened because the anointing had gone off of Saul and now David was the anointed one to be king of Israel. And so David was experiencing a bad time, yet David wanted to live. Don't you think most of us want to live? I mean, that's why Instamed's and Urgent Care parking lots are full. When you drive by, people are getting tested for COVID because they're wanting to live. That's why doctor's offices are prescribing medications. People are wanting to get well, and people are wanting to live. But unfortunately, there's a trend right now in the United States where there are a lot of people that are not wanting to live. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shared these startling statistics that in 2018, there were over 48,000 people in the United States that committed suicide. Over 48,000. 1.4 million attempted it. And on September 11th of this year, the U.S. News and World Report reported that there is a jump in suicides 60% up from 2007 in children and young adults between the ages of 10 and 24. Heart-wrenching to think that someone that young could already decide that life had gotten so bad that they no longer wanted to live. Did you know that Jesus came to give us life? In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. Jesus came to give us life. And I pray that we would embrace that life. In John 14, 6, before going to the cross, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came to give us life, and we must embrace this life and know that there are better days ahead. May we continue to desire the good days that God has prepared for us up ahead. Many of you know that several weeks ago, my mother had some uh, extreme pain in her body, and, and we had to take her to the hospital, and she got admitted into the hospital for a couple of days, discovered she had kidney stones. My mother had never had kidney stones her entire life, and so it was a very 
difficult, but God answered prayer. <clears throat> she passed the stones without any surgery required, and we were humbly grateful. Got my mom home. <laughs> the very next day, we had to admit my dad into the hospital and where he would stay for seven days. My dad had a bad infection in his body. Not only did he have an infection, he was dehydrated. And not only that, the uh, Parkinson's disease was taking its toe on, its, on his body. And throughout the course of his time in the hospital, my dad was not eating. And he was growing weaker. And my brother Tim was trying to feed him one day at the hospital. And my brother asked my dad an important question. He said, Dad, do you want to live? Dad, do you want to live? My dad gave an emphatic, yes. Yes, I do. He said, then you're going to have to eat. If you want to live, you're going to have to eat. And as we prayed, my dad began to eat, and the infection began to leave his body. And praise the Lord, we got to bring dad home. But my dad, it would have been easy. He turned 90 in September it would have been easy for my dad with having Parkinson's over 25 years and with the challenge every day it is for him to make it through the day, it would have been easy when my brother said, Dad, do you want to live? It would have been easy to say, no, I'm done. I'm done. It's too hard. I'd just as soon not. But my dad said, I want to live. And my dad, many times through this pandemic, when he's had a good day and he's been able to walk back to his bedroom, he's gone into his closet and he, much like Jim Chilton, has tried to get a white shirt to put on so he can come to church. And he said to my mom, are we going to church today? Almost every day, he asked my mom, are we going to church today? 90 with Parkinson's, the struggles of walking and talking and moving, yet my dad wants to be in God's house. My dad wants to worship the living Lord, and yet there are people in perfectly good health, people that would trade in a moment to have the life and vitality who choose not to live, who choose not to worship God. David wanted to live. He wanted to worship God. He said, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, may we have that same desire to live and to see many good days. But then he also said in verse 13 that we need to watch our words. Keep your tongues from evil and your lips from telling lies. David not only wanted to live, he wanted to speak life into God's holy people. He wanted to speak words of truth and speak life through the word of God into God's people. And I think it's a timely message for us today that we would want to speak positive, encouraging, good words into people and not to speak words of evil and to tell lies. 
I think during this time in which we're living, there have been a lot of uh, people sharing some words that are not very uplifting and really have been tearing people down instead of building people up. We have a responsibility as Christians, as followers of Christ, that we let our words and our actions reflect our relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to ask you, have the words that you've been sharing with your family and friends been uplifting? Let me ask you, things that, have you been, that you've been posting on social media, is it hurting your witness as a Christian or hurting your witness as a member of God's church? Because just like that, we can kill our witness by the words that we speak or the things that we post. We automatically box people out and turn them away from the living God when we are not careful to watch our words. Jesus' brother James understood the importance and the power that a tongue has. If you would read in James chapter 3, 5, and 6, it says the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. And then if you would read on, it said, consider what a great forest is set on fire by such a small spark. Verse 6, the tongue is a fire that corrupts the whole body. And it goes on to say that it itself is from hell, that the tongue can set the world on fire in a negative way. The devil we talked about Wednesday is a slanderer, is a deceiver, is a liar, and the father of all lies. We as followers of Christ, as God's holy people, should speak words of truth and words of encouragement and words to build up. I love what Paul said in, in uh, Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Did you hear that? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Let me ask you, do you have wholesome talk coming out of your mouths? How many of us, for whatever reason, through the course of time, I pray we're not wired this way, even though we are born with a sinful nature, but how many of us have been guilty of always seeing the bad first instead of the good? How many of us, the first thing out of our mouths is to be critical or to criticize? How many of us have been guilty of leaving church saying, well, that wasn't a very good sermon, or, or that, that didn't speak to me, I didn't do anything for me, or I didn't like the music, uh, the organ was this, the drums were that, that person was that. How many of us say negative before we ever say any positive? And so many times that's when we're watching the news, finding fault with this, finding fault in that. And we as Christians should not let anything unwholesome come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And then Paul also said that uh, in Colossians 3, 9, do not lie to each other, 
because you have put to death your old life with its practices, and you have put on new life. And so we are not to have lies in our lives or unwholesome talk, but we are to say things that are going to be glorifying, edifying, pleasing to God. And I don't know about you, I always feel better after I look uh, for something good to say about someone. Uh, and I've been guilty, just like many of us uh, before, of not saying something positive or, or something good. But it's important, like my great aunt May May used to say, honey, if you don't have anything good to say about somebody, then just don't say it at all. And so that's a good accountability measure to say, if I don't have anything good to say, then I probably don't need to say it. It was yesterday afternoon when my wife called to me because a couple of our children, and I'm not going to mention the, the couple of them to save, protect the guilty, but my wife called me to be the heavy because there was a, an intense moment of fellowship. Um, I shared at the early service, my wife doesn't have any trouble being the heavy on me, but she called me to be the heavy on my children. Ha ha. But so I called in one of my children to my room and I was preparing this message and they had no idea what I was going to preach on and, and they probably didn't know that it would work its way into the message, but it worked perfectly. And so I asked one of my children, I said, what happened? What, what was going on down there? I, I heard a lot of screaming, a lot of this and that. What, what was going on? And they began to tell me, and I said, well, I want to ask you this. Was what you were saying, was that bringing glory to God or glory to the devil? Just ask, just answer me that. Was what you were saying bringing glory to God? I guess the devil. And I said, think before you speak, is what I'm getting ready to say going to be glorifying to God or giving glory to Satan and giving glory to the devil? That should be a lesson learned for all of us. And so we had a good talk, and I felt good about it. And then as I've shared during this season, whether it's taking family walks or, or going on a drive at night to see deer or to go to, to Chick-fil-A for a shake or cookout or, or Dairy Queen or Sonic, or if you want to know where to get ice cream or milkshake in town, come see me. I'm the ice cream connoisseur, and I can tell you where to get it. But anyway, we got, we got in the car last night, and we were going to go around and see some Christmas lights, or already some Christmas lights. My wife put ours up this past week, the trees and the wreaths on the window, and I really appreciate it. Five this morning when that wind was blowing and the rain, that that wreath uh, was going, ee, ee across the window anyway. They're pretty though, and I appreciate it. But last night as we were going to get a, a treat, wouldn't you know it? There was another intense moment of fellowship. And we had already had this talk, and we had already, so you know what I did? I challenged my children before, and I said, you won't have a phone, you can't play NBA 2K, you can't have any electronic devices until all of you memorize Ephesians 4.29.
And I want to challenge you to memorize it. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who... Would you... I challenge you to memorize that. And then not only memorize it, to apply it to your life. Because if we're just memorizing Scripture and not applying it, then it's for naught. But may we allow the living Word of God to help us. David wanted to live and to speak life and give glory to God. Watch your words. But then lastly, that we would want to do good. If you read in, in verse 14, he said to turn from evil and to do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Did you hear that? We should want to do good. Why should we want to do good? Well, if you would read back in verse 8 of Psalm 34, David wrote, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. If there's no other motivator, the most important one should be we want to be good because he is good. We want to do good because he did good. And I pray that that would be our desire. Are you doing good for anyone during this season? I know there's a lot of people doing good things. I'm grateful we've been doing a, a reverse Advent calendar, collecting items for the manor house, and I'm grateful, and I challenge you to do that. I'm grateful many of you have been turning in coats for the men's and women's shelter for the Gail Sutherland's second annual coat drive. Many of you responded to Operation Christmas Child when under these circumstances we were not able to do our normal 1500 so we set a goal of 500 because of your generous giving and going to the website and putting together your own boxes as of last week and maybe more now we collected 609 boxes over then our goal of 500 so i know there's a lot of you that are doing good a young lady told me at the early service a senior in high school she's been picking up trash on the side of the road trying to do good during a crisis, a pandemic. Ecclesiastes 3.12 says there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Paul said in Galatians 6.9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Paul wanted to live. He said, for to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. But he said, if I am to live, that means that I'm going to keep serving the Lord. There's more ministry for me to do. And I pray that we would have that desire to want to keep doing good and that we would want to seek peace. You know, we're living in a divided world. You know, we're having trouble uh, getting along inside our own home. So I know the, the, the workplace and, and schools and our nation, constant bickering and fighting. And, but you know what? People, we as Christians need to be peacemakers. What did Jesus say in those great Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 9? Blessed are the peacemakers, not cheesemakers. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And Paul wrote in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Did you hear that? If it's possible, as far as it depends on you and me, we are to live at peace with everyone. And you know why I believe some people can't get along? is because they've never made peace with God. The reason we can't get along with spouses or children or co-workers or relatives, brothers, sisters, or parents, I really believe with all my heart the reason some people have such difficulty getting along with people is because they have never really made peace with God. Paul wrote in Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we are justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified, just as if we had never sinned. Jesus paid the price when he died on the cross to make a bridge so that we might walk over and have eternal life. Through our unrighteousness, Jesus became sin and walked across so it would enable us to walk across and have that relationship. Do you have peace with God today? Paul also wrote in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts just as you were called as members of God's body to live in peace, to act as an umpire. That means to let him rule through the spirit in our hearts and lives. Are we allowing him to rule an umpire when we're out of bounds or we're in foul territory or when we've dropped the ball or we've committed a penalty? Do we allow him to convict us so that we want to get our lives back on track? I pray today that we would all be at peace with God so that we can have peace with others. When he says, turn from evil, that's repentance. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And maybe you're here today and you feel like you've done so much bad that you can't be forgiven. And I asked the early service if I had told you all this, and I maybe shared it on a Wednesday night, but I want to share with you an experience I had, and forgive me if, if you already heard it, maybe you did if, if you were at prayer meeting but, or watched it. A couple weeks ago, one of our church members called me and said, Todd, I have a, a friend um, that I don't know if he's a, a Christian, and I wondered if I could bring him by the church and you could share Christ with him. I said, man, I'd love that. I'd be honored to be able to do that. And so they came. They came in this sanctuary, and they sat here on the front row. And uh, I, I just sat down right here on this top step as they sat there. And... Uh, my friend, who's a member of our church, began to tell me that, that the man that I was speaking with um, was getting ready to have the very next day a very serious surgery, brain surgery. 
And uh, there was a chance, obviously, with such a serious surgery, he may not make it. And he cared enough about his coworker that he wanted to be sure if he didn't make it, that he would be in heaven and that he would know Christ. And so as we talked, I sensed from this gentleman uh, a humility. And then when I asked him about wanting to give his life to Christ after going through the plan of salvation, what I got from what he said is he felt like he didn't deserve it. That there was so much that had gone on in his life that he didn't feel worthy to be saved. And as I heard him, I saw myself, I saw so many of us, who of us is worthy? And I, he said, you know, maybe when I get my life together, I'll give my life to Christ. And I said, man, you got it all wrong. You get your life together, and Christ, through the Holy Spirit, will help you clean it up. I said, you come to him just as you are. And after we talked, and after a few moments, I asked him, I said, I said, man, do you, do you think you're ready to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart? So no matter what happens tomorrow, live or die, you'll have your eternal life secured through Christ. And I shared about the criminal on the cross when Jesus, when he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. I shared that story. I said, it's not too late. And I, I give God glory that he prayed to receive Christ and I saw such a genuineness in his heart and spirit. And I told him, I said, man, when you get well from this surgery, I hope to see you here. And I said, I'd be humbled and honored to be able to baptize you. I said, baptism is an outward symbol of our inside faith. We are buried with Christ in baptism. We rise to walk in newness of life. The old is gone, the new has come. And one day when we die, then we'll rise to, with Jesus to be in glory forever and ever. And what a day that will be. And maybe you're here today and you're like my friend and I just want to give you the report. I hadn't been able to get in contact with my friend. One of our members just shared with me this past Wednesday night that he came through the surgery successfully and is doing well. And I look forward to hopefully seeing him follow through with his commitment. And uh, I want you to follow through with your commitment today. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I've done a lot of bad things. Maybe you struggle with alcohol addiction or drug addiction. Or, or maybe uh, you had a failed marriage. Maybe there was unfaithfulness. Uh, maybe there was something that's happened in your life and you say, I, I could never. Maybe you've been in jail. You've been in prison. And you say, oh, I can't. God won't forgive me. God will never love me. That's a lie from the devil. God does love you, and he will forgive you. And all you have to do is come to him and say, Father, forgive me. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, and he'll do it. He'll do it now, wherever you are. He'll come into your heart and life, and all you have to do is receive him. And turn from your evil ways and start walking in the ways of our Lord and Savior. Aren't you ready? I want to ask you this. Do you want to live? 
You have a choice to live or die today. And I pray you'll choose to live for Jesus who is willing to die for you and for me. May we pray. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any folks here today that have gotten so discouraged and defeated and depressed during this time, Lord, there are folks angry at their spouses, angry at our leaders, angry about the election, angry about COVID. Father, people that are just on edge, um, mental health hotlines are up 900% with calls and people are so frustrated, discouraged, afraid. Oh God, we know that you can bring peace. Lord, I pray right now that if there are folks that have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus, that today would be the day of salvation. That someone might pray a prayer much like this one in their own words from their heart. Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, I pray if there's one or many that could pray that prayer today and mean it, that they would follow through with their commitment and follow through the waters of baptism. Lord, maybe there are Christians, just like in my family. We're not perfect. We're human, and we have our good days and bad Many, many good days of laughter and encouragement. And just as I talked about my children being upset with each other, they would be the first to defend their brother or sister. And Lord, I pray that um, if there are Christians today, family, family of faith, that need to uh, recommit their life to you and say, you know what, I, I want to... I want to turn from evil and I want to set a better example for my children or for my spouse. I want to be a spiritual leader. I, I want to be the best I can be for you, Lord. I, may, I pray that some Christians would come back to you today and renew their vow of commitment. Or Lord, maybe there are folks looking for a church. I like Jim Chilton and like my father, I love this church. And Lord, I know that during this season, I've had days where I've been discouraged, and there have been days where I've questioned what your will is, Father, and as I shared earlier, I've been praying to give me a fresh wind and a fresh fire, Father, because I want to continue to make a difference for your kingdom wherever and however and, and whatever that looks like, God, and, and I just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just prompt us today and and if we hear your small, still voice speaking to us in the depths of our hearts, may we respond to your call. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you right now to stand. And we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. And you can sing from your home. And, and if you want to make a decision here in this place, these front pews are open. And I'd be privileged to come pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as he calls?
thank you for worshiping with us both in person and online. I pray that you are encouraged today and you were inspired to want to live more for Christ and to set an example to a watching world of what it means to live for Jesus. I want to remind you, you'll be receiving, if you're on our church email list, questions that go along with today's message. I hope that you'll take the time to do them with your family around the table or with a friend. I want to remind you, we have prayer meeting at 6 o'clock this Wednesday night. I invite you to come. There's plenty of room if you would like to join us for prayer meeting at 6. I also want to remind you on Wednesday night, and you should be receiving a link through email, that there is an International Mission Board uh, commissioning service or appointment even though it's a pandemic, missionaries are still going out to spread the good news of Jesus. And we have coming up soon in December, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. This offering goes to support all those international missionaries risking their lives to spread the gospel of Jesus all across the world. But there'll be a link. That's Wednesday night. You can watch it live if you would like to do so. But I hope you will join us here, but thank you for being here today. I, I love each of you. I say that sincerely, um, and I, I pray that you would love me as well and love this church and that we would continue to keep on keeping on serving our Lord. Bless you as you go from this place. Bill, if you would lead us in a closing song, this will be our choral benediction. God bless you.